Disclaimer, this episode may trigger victims of past abuse. If there's a chance that you may be triggered, I advise that you turn this episode off and come back to it when you've had more time to heal. If you are a victim of domestic violence, the hotline.org has 24-7 resources for domestic violence support. So you can call 1-800-799-SAFE or text the word SAFE to Chronicles podcast. I am your house nurse, two keys. Y'all, we on, on episode number nine, and the bitch is still fine. Got everybody on my mic, so I'm okay. I'm done. I'm done. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? How you doing? Uh, this is your house nurse, two keys. This is episode number nine, and I'm so excited, y'all. We still going in this thing. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. I want to give a major, major humble shout out to Everybody, first of all, but my Nashville podcast community, hi y'all, love y'all. To my friends, my family, shout out to my listeners, y'all who have just stuck with me through all of these episodes. And I also want to give a shout out to my international audience, y'all. They make up 20% of my shit. The bitch is going viral. <laughs> Anyway, so yes, shout out to the Republic of Moldova. We got Canada in here, Mexico, France, Italy, India, Norway, Greece, Bangladesh, Germany, y'all some y'all, Australia, the UK, Nigeria, and y'all, we have a new addition to the family, Egypt. I see y'all, Egypt. Y'all come right on in, take your shoes off, and enjoy the show. Y'all are officially a part of the Sexy Nurse Chronicles podcast family. I love y'all hoes. And I am humbly grateful. So y'all, on this episode, number nine, we are going to further dig into the traits that we hold as adults that may be a result of your narcissistic upbringing or childhood. So, like, the tra- the traits that make you feel like something's wrong with you. That's why I named this episode, What the Fuck is Wrong With Me? Because you feel like something's wrong with me, like everybody got you fucked up. But when in our actuality, you are a product of your environment. So, once we can acknowledge that, accept who we are, past and all, we begin this road to recovery, y'all. So, y'all, let's jump right on in. Okay, so, y'all, sign number seven. Do you find yourself repeatedly involved in toxic, abusive relationships, just can't find a good woman, a good man anywhere? Do you often find yourself falling victim to being dependent in relationships? The reason could be because you've attracted the same thing that you grew up in. Like being raised by a narcissistic parent affects our partner selection. So according to this therapist and this little um 
website that I found. I'm going to put the link at the at the description in the bottom below. But, like, being raised by narcissists, it can affect your partner's selection of who you choose in life. Like, for example, so, like, for this example, y'all, you'll try to mirror the dynamics that you had growing up simply because you're familiar with it. So if you grew up in a toxic environment, you're probably going to deal with somebody, date somebody that's toxic. You know, you're used to dealing with that. And because of that, it becomes natural to you. But, you know, there's a lot of trauma that comes behind this. And so this could lead to controlling toxic relationships, especially when you're dating a narcissist, y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, like, I attracted merely who I grew up with because I'm an empath. And I don't know if anybody knows about empaths, but empaths, we are very empathetic. And y'all better, y'all better know what empathy means by the ninth episode. <laughs> y'all better know. I'm going to whoop y'all ass. But anyways, <laughs> yes, like... Empathy is being able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And so, like, the fact that you're able to do that, that means you're able to feel their emotion. And with empaths, we feel emotions super strong. Energy. It's real. Even though you can't see it, it's flowing through all of us. I promise promise it is. And it's a science to this shit, too. So... There's this website, it's psychologytoday.com. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm putting it. One of the therapists says that the narcissist is a deficit self and inner resources make them dependent on other people to affirm their impaired self and their fragile ego. They only validate themselves as reflected in other people's eyes. That means like they're, they only get gratitude and satis- satisfaction from people who look at them a certain way. And despite their facade of confidence, boasting, self-flattery, craving attention like a motherfucker, honey, just got to be seen, honey, just got to be seen. Respect and constant admiration. They actually fear that they are undesirable because they know deep down inside who they really are. So this is called giving them narcissistic supply. Yeah, mm-hmm, I'm finna hit y'all with it. So who gives them narcissistic supply? You. How do they get this? Other people are used as objects in order to provide their supply. So there is this um, psychologist, Sigmund Freud, who identified two main paths to fulfilling narcissistic supplies. There's aggression and ingratiation, which means that they like to flatter people. They like to gas people up. You know what I'm saying? Get, get you on in there, take a bitch and just... Mm-hmm. You already know. Okay. Eventually, he called them sadistic and a submissive. So now, you, now y'all doing the doctor, the Mister Gray shit. What was that? Damn, y'all know the little movie came out. Little white people, honey, Mister Gray, sadistic and submissive, honey. Now y'all got whips and chains and and wrist things and shit, bitch. Y'all do some freaky shit now. Hey, I don't judge you, bitch. I won't judge you. But I'm just saying, you know. But some people take that like to heart. Like, for real. They be on some real weird shit. So y'all watch out for them crazy motherfuckers. But anyways, they want to be admired to get their supplies. So they employ different strategies, including impression management. That means they got to manage their impressions, honey. You know, with most people, it just comes off natural. But then they got to really think about what the fuck they do. 
even though they don't really be thinking, um, they ingratiate themselves using their charm, emotional intelligence, bragging, seducing, manipulation, sending cash apps, bitch, honey, paying your bills, honey. He's up to something, baby. Okay. He's up to something. Y'all better watch these motherfuckers. All right. Anyways, moving along. And so receiving that attention back and admiration, it boosted weak ass, punk ass, fuck ass, lack of self-esteem. So, like, they try to manipulate and try to control you and what other people think in order to better make themselves look better. You know, making narcissists dependent on recognition from others. So when a nigga don't get no recognition and he start bitching and getting in his fits, this is why. Yeah. Period. Okay, so, you know, that's some bitch ass shit, though. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, y'all, please like, share, comment, uh, put your put your opinions down there, honey. We can talk about it. Let's have a whole conversation, bitch. You might be on the show. Okay. And so, like, if you refuse to provide them what they want and need, they resort to secondary means. This is when they get aggressive. Mm-hmm. They get on the offense, attack try to belittle you, you know, just make you feel like less than. By discounting you in their eyes, their self-image is elevated because they're fucking weak. Because only a weak person would, you know what I'm saying, try to down somebody just to make themselves feel better. Bitch, I'd rather not even fuck with you. But, you know, move it along. In relationships, they can, like I said, become sadistic. That's that crazy whipping shit and bitches and asses and whips and control and shit. And I don't know. All that shit. Fluffy pillows, bitch. I don't know. Anyways, as their abuse escalates, so their partners and coworkers become passive and submissive to avoid being under attack to maintain a relationship. Mm-hmm. Walking on eggshells, motherfucker. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. So by assuming, you know, a submissive role, you establish an unhealthy dynamic and relationship. Un- dynamic means changes. Unhealthy, always changing all the time, bullshit. <laughs> and relationships with narcissists. And then on the flip side, those who mirror their partners, um, their narcissistic traits, they might choose the same ones, um, well, they might actually become the ones, put it that way. I was I was with the one, but then I became the one who's mild-mannered, passive, and attempt, and trying to be in control. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's called avoiding attachment. And that's another one. And it's just where, like, you choose unhealthy patterns in response to being raised in a narcissistic family. Others might steer clear of romantic relationships altogether. Now, honey... These are the ones that aren't committed. They're like, mm-mm, I'm trying to avoid. I want to be with you, but I'm avoiding you. It's like a like a magnet, like two different magnets, and they pushing against each other when they really need to be clapping asses. <laughs> yeah, that part. <laughs> I know, y'all. I'm silly, honey. Let me take a little sip of my tea. Wait a minute, y'all. Hold on. Pour some out for my dear homies. Mm-mm. Look, now I'm making a mess, my little clumsy ass. Anyways, let's move along. So this can, like I said, hallmark avoiding attachment issues. That's that whole thing. Just, I want to be with you, then I don't want to be with you. Like, make up your fucking mind. Fucking bipolar ass Gemini's. Not all y'all. Shout out to some of my bitches, though. But y'all know what the fuck I mean. And so, 
we're going to go to sign number eight after this paid promotion. So, do you ever feel like, or have you ever suffered from depression that leads to, or has led to suicidal ideations? Feeling like you would be better off dead since you've made your abuser so angry, your mom so angry, your husband so angry, your family so angry, you just feel like a burden. You would be feeling like you're better off dead. Or you commit to like self-harming things like cutting your wrist or your your thigh or whatever part of your body that you can probably hide from people but you cut to feel pain because you're so numb from life yeah y'all if you're having these thoughts you're not alone and there is help if these thoughts become so severe that it interferes with your daily functioning how you feel you feel like you don't have no social support nobody to have your back through these hard times you can contact the this hotline i'm gonna give you the number because i'm supposed to because i need to because whatever you feel floats your boat where however you perceive your help you can go to the prevention suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or you can even go, if you can't go to your family or you don't have any friends, hopefully you have a doctor, you can go to them and you can talk to them too. And they'll be able to refer you to those resources that you need. I mean, you deserve to be here, baby. You will be surprised how much better you'll feel talking to somebody and getting a change in perspective. Trouble don't last always. I'm, I'm healing in motion, y'all. We... Y'all, yes, us, all us in those 15 different countries. Yes, we are healing emotions. So we have to take the good with the bad. But just though tomorrow, you get a new chance to get it right. You know, there are so many people in that grave. I'm, I'm sure that are like, I wish I had one more day. And I bet their families are feeling like, I wish I had one more day to love this person. Because they took their life. Don't do that. You know, you you might be a part of your own ministry. Like you right now what you're going through, or you feel like you have to you have to hurt yourself or kill yourself. There's somebody else that's feeling that too. And you know that that's not the way to go. So like you would be better off healing from that and then reaching back and and pulling somebody else up that's going through the same thing because you deserve to be here. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for all of us. And sometimes he has to take us, break us down to our rock bottom, whatever that rock bottom is. Your rock bottom, just to build you up, all these broken pieces, just to build you back up into this beautiful masterpiece that you can so you can be a a gift to the world to show yes we went through this yes I had a badass hand that was dealt to me but I still played my motherfucking cards right you deserve to be here stop cutting yourself yo your skin is beautiful all right y'all so sign number nine I love y'all I love y'all so much y'all just don't know how grateful and humbly I am just to have y'all listening to me sign number nine do you feel like the abuse you went through or the relationships that you went through that felt like your fault 
why none of us is probably none of this shit was your fault none of it really because nobody deserves what narcissistic parents or intimate partners give but they may make you feel that way and because they lick they lack sorry a sense of accountability meaning they lack an awareness to say i need to be accountable for this and i'm sorry how i made you feel even though they know they were wrong that's fucking abuse fucking weak punk bitches anyways when they were wrong sometimes they gaslight you make you feel like what you're going through ain't really what you're going through and you're feeling wrong about what you're feeling they invalidate your feelings um they try to make you feel like what you, man you you don't you can't even feel that way you shouldn't even feel that way what the fuck i do but for a long time i i was told that so i was arguing against you know him you know trying to validate how i should feel the way i feel that shit is fucking draining too try to tell you that you should your feelings are wrong like i said um unless you agree with them and then they're like okay got this bitch and sometimes you'll do that just to keep the peace like okay whatever motherfucker goodbye okay hello <laughs> no goodbye for good even though you may feel like you stood your ground in the past you still question yourself and over the years to make things make sense like i ain't saying over See, the thing about narcissism is, or dealing with narcissistic people is, nothing happens overnight. They, 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 they started with charm and, and goodwill and I care for you. And when you're in your, your deepest times, I'm going to hold you. It's, it's, it's that part that, that reels you in. So when they start flipping the script, becoming disrespectful, becoming you remember saving grace that little netflix show honey he said i don't like people asking me about my motherfucking business or something like that questioning me y'all remember that that was funny as hell and she had a little wig on oh lord (laughs) (laughs) i don't like people questioning me but you was just the charm of the day honey the knight in shining armor and he flipped they do that y'all so don't feel like oh i was done from the get-go because you know narcissists and charmers not even if they're narcissistic if they have traits you know you know a nigga gonna be a nigga all right that part i'm gone so you're playing these things over in your head you're trying to make sense of it but like i said you were a victim to a person with a mental disorder that they didn't even know they probably had you know that's why it's called a disorder what kind of shit is that i know it's like yeah there's an answer for it but it kind of gives you a little clarity knowing like okay these motherfuckers ain't fucked up they actually chemically enabled and brained fucked up now, if that makes any sense. But narcissism is rooted from a traumatic childhood. So as hard as we want to say that's a bullshit excuse and they're aware of their actions and they know what the fuck they doing, they actually do not like, they actually lack, sorry, they lack the brain cells to even see their issues. They can't see it. They think that everything is everybody else's fault and nothing is their fault. Yeah, there are, there's an extra personality disorder for people like this. Narcissists are one of them. There's a few other ones. We'll, we'll dive into them in a few other seasons. But so what do you do? 
mm-hmm, the ball is in your court now. So now that you're aware this is of this disorder, you acknowledge it? Do you accept it? To heal? You have to. You know why? Because when you don't accept shit, your healing takes a lot longer. When you don't acknowledge it, your healing takes longer. So first you have to acknowledge it. Be aware of it. Then you accept it because it is what it is, you know? And if it makes you feel better now that you know that you're not going crazy, you know, there are ways to combat these motherfuckers. Combat, honey. Arsa, uh, um, I would say, what's say? Swarsa nigga. You know what I'm talking about. Swarsa nigga somebody. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all know I'm not in action. <sighs> Y'all. Let's move along. Number 10. Do you feel like you are always walking on eggshells? You may always feel like you don't walk on eggshells as you grew up with your mom to keep from sending her off, especially black mamas, honey. They're going to let you know, motherfucker, bitch, hoe, slat, slut, so what? They're going to let you know, but... I know that it's not only in black families, and I'm and I'm appreciative for the people that are not in my black families because 20% of y'all are international. That lets me know that the world is going through the same crises as people in the United States. Shout out to all y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, but let me ask you this: Do you do that only not in your childhood? But do you find yourself walking on eggshells at work? school, even in college, whatever, and at home, like your like adult home. The problem could be that anytime that you meet someone with these same characteristics as your mom or your abuser, you seem to shy away from them. Like, let me get the fuck away. Uh-uh, you acting like my mama. Don't even know they act like your mama, but just certain things they do, those controlling, manipulative ways. Like, um, that ump that unempathetic boss and I ain't throwing none of my bosses under the rug but they don't have no motherfucking empathy you know because they're so busy with their life and having them to manage the workload that they have that they don't have enough time for their employees I'm gonna tell you something a study show people don't leave the companies they leave horrible management and toxic work cultures so you always steer clear of a toxic relationship especially a spouse more than anything just to keep the peace but if people bring you anxiety every time you're around them and you find yourself walking on eggshells like you just can't be yourself, you can't really loosen up because you're afraid of, you know, disrespecting somebody or losing somebody, you know, it's time to trust that gut feeling. Your gut feeling, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit, will always alert you before trouble comes. We always have to pay attention to those red flags. So, y'all, sign number 11. Do you find yourself always finding it really hard to trust people? Y'all, I got to stop this for a second, y'all. Nobody knows. I'm in a relationship. Y'all. Nurse Two Keys finally her first relationship she's been in since all this happened like two years ago. And I know y'all heard the ruckus in the background. Maybe you didn't because my mic sounds so good. But he just came here and gave me a little forehead kiss and then walked away like, okay, baby, do your thing. I'm not going to bother you. I'm not going to um, 
distract you. I'm going to let you do your thing because what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. So I'm sorry. Let me rewind. So sign number 11. Do you find yourself always, (laughs) I know, right, have a hard time like not trusting people? You, it could be probably due to not being able to trust your mom. See, your mother is the one you should always be able to trust to love you unconditionally, right? That's your mom. First person you already, you already knew from your, from your life, right? And then you can't trust your mom, then who are you supposed to trust? You can't trust your own damn mama. Pops you out the coochie, boop. Can't trust her. Another reason you may have trust issues, too, is because it's a learned behavior because of your mom. You know, so back in the early, let me hit y'all with some nurse two keys, real educational, because I'm going to tell y'all, I'm not going to just give you my opinion. I'm going to give you evidence-based practice. I'm going to give you um, the truth, the sources. I'm going to say, back in the early 1900s, there was this um, ego psychologist. His name was Eric Erickson, right? Eric Erickson. No, he was white, child. Not Eric from down the street, Erickson. <laughs> no. So he came up with these eight stages of psychosocial development. And so each stage focuses on, like, a problem or a conflict that we face at different stages of our lives, right? So when you face each challenge of that stage in life, you're either going to gain psychological strength or you're going to face a challenge and you're left to be hopeless and weak, bitch. Guess what you hmm And so in Eric Erickson's theory of development, children don't automatically comp- complete each stage on a predetermined schedule. That means not everybody gets to the stage at the right time at the time that everybody's supposed to get there. Although each stage is broken up into age groups. So there's some age groups. But like I'm saying, like, even though you go through these age groups, you're supposed to develop over time. People still stay, they still stay stuck as age one. It's crazy. So I know, right? <laughs> so instead of being able to face generalized challenges through life and the ways in which they answer to these challenges, that determines whether they further or stagnate, meaning stand still, at a particular stage of development. So Erickson's first stage of development of our first central conflict is trust or versus mistrust. So a baby out the coochie is the the first stage of Erickson Erickson's little psychosocial you know development. He says it's trust versus mistrust, and this begins as a baby and should be accomplished by like eight months. Yeah, motherfucker ain't even there yet, and he like fifty five, bitch. I know. I let let me, let me keep going. So according to Erickson, it's the most important period of a child's life trust versus mistrust as it shapes our view of the world as uh as well as our as as well as our personality so crying is the most common strategy babies use to communicate with their caregivers and it carries different meanings usually babies cry to let you know or need one of the following affection babies yeah they need affection and they'll cry because of it erickson believes that in fact Infants cry just to communicate the message they're trying to give to their caregivers, to to tell them there's something that they need that's unmet. 
and it's up to the caregiver to determine to fulfill these needs or how to determine it. Some don't be like, oh, just crying, throw the baby in the corner. Oh, bitch, she might be fucking hungry, ho. <laughs> this shit, the, the baby might need, I don't know. Let me turn up my levels going up. Y'all look, I, I'm still recording, doing this shit. Yeah, I love y'all. But anyways, um, they want warmth and physical contact, feeding, bathing, and comforting your child to learn to trust that you will get, make their needs met. So like food. Erickson's also believe that food played a pivotal role in the development of trust. By feeding an infant when the child is hungry, they learn that they can trust that their need for their nourishment is met. Mm. The need for my nourishment is met from the one above who gives me my job, who gives me the ideas, who gives me the compassion to do what I'm doing now. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's my nourishment. But anyways, every baby communicates differently. So becoming familiar with your baby's communication style, that's like the success of the relationship of getting through that, getting through that stage. And so noticing that these signals, whether the baby cries, they move the wrong way, they coo, or even use words, help you to learn what the hell they need. So the consequences of mistrust, that's when you don't accomplish that that step as a baby. Children raised by constantly unreliable, unpredictable parents who fail to meet the basic needs of the child, they eventually, overall, they they have a sense of mistrust. So, too, like, mistrust can cause children to become fearful, confused, and anxious all the time. Don't that sound like you? Mm-hmm. Okay. All of which make it difficult to form healthy relationships. This, in turn, can lead to poor social support, isolation, and loneliness, okay? So, like, do you find yourself having a hard time trusting people? Take it back to your childhood, and we'll see. All right, y'all. So, sign number 12, do you or do you have a fear, or have you ever had a fear of doing what you want or what you love to do? This is one of the tough ones for me because through my healing journey, I constantly have to give myself permission to do things that I want to do or buy things that I want to buy or go places that I want to go. And to this day, at times, I have to verbally ask myself, Nurse Two Keys, Kiki, what you want to do today? Because you know you got to do all this shit. You know, homework, studying, this, that, kid. Sometimes I got to ask myself, what do you want to do today? Not what does everybody else want you to do today? You get me? So if you grew up in a narcissistic home, you have to live up to your parents' standards for their approval and love you needed. Uh, or that was your ass. I mean, period. Uh, so... It's like off with your hat. If you don't do what they need you to do or want you to do, off with your hat. So you have a hard time giving yourself permission to do shit because you've you been so busy doing everybody else's shit. I, I, I don't know how to make it much clearer than that. So in return, you sacrifice your aspirations, your, your inspirations, your goals, your, your things that you want to do in life, whether it's painting, drawing, starting a business, doing hair, um, doing a podcast, tarot readings, whatever. As long as it ain't don't involve murdering people or being bad people, killing people, 
killing yourself or anybody else, <laughs> I mean, go for it. If it makes the world around you happy or you happy, do it. You see what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times we sacrifice our, our goals and dreams and ambitions to please our mamas. And when you grow up or your daddies, whoever your caregiver is, and when you grow up, you find yourself attracting the same type of toxic-ass people because you also fear doing what you once loved because you you they didn't support you. They always play hate and jealous and shit. Uh-huh, motherfuckers. Or I want to do this. Why you want to do that? What kind of shit is that? Who going to do that? How you going to do that? Bitch, I did it. I've done it. I conquered and it's on. So y'all, thank you for hanging in with me. I'm about to hit y'all with a Dear Kiki segment. Dear Nurse Two Keys, I need your help and advice on a situation in my love life. I've been in a situationship now with a friend for over a year, and I don't know what next steps to take. Everything is good with us as far as chemistry, the conversation, and the sex goes. She even helped me out in situations and put me on a bag a few times. The problem is she has a boyfriend. In the beginning, I was given a feeling that it wasn't going to work because he was on the road all the time for his job and their chemistry just wasn't the best. On top of the fact that she felt like he was doing him, over time, I come to realize that she's going to stay with him because she's comfortable in the situation he has put her in. But at the same time, she doesn't want to leave me alone because she loves the way I make her body feel compared to him. Mm. My only thing is, I'm tired of the halfway shit and not having someone I can call when I need because she's always with her boyfriend. I want to leave her alone, but I don't want to lose her friendship. But at the same time, it's hard to tell someone no when you have a sex addiction and that the person you have sex with is great sex. Please tell me what I should do. Well, you have come to the right place. So let's talk about it. So first off, anytime in a relationship, a friendship, or any, you know, a man, he he got upset with me one day because I said, I don't like how our relationship is going. He thought that I meant that we were in a relationship. Anytime there's a conversation with two and two people putting energy into it, it's a relationship. Whether it's a friendship, a intimate partnership, or a situationship, it's a relationship. So in the beginning of any relationship that I form with anybody, I always set my intentions. Intentions are the ground rules of what you intend or how you intend this relationship to go. And so just to give you an example, you know, when I set my intentions, I let a man know up front, I'm not looking for just sex. I'm looking for somebody to stimulate my mind, someone to protect, someone to provide, someone to support, you know, and I can reciprocate. So it's all it's all about reciprocation as well. So when you, you set those intentions and that person reciprocates, then you move on from a kinship or friendship, you know, to a courtship. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 
you have to let these things be known because some people might just want to fuck. And if we would have set these intentions in the first place, I said, hey, what are you looking for? And she said, I just want to fuck. You know, I got a boyfriend. And she got a boyfriend. She just want to fuck. Then that means that you can't put your feelings in it. But we all know that anytime you keep on giving yourself to somebody, feelings are going to come because that's just the way we're built um, genetically, um, naturally. That's the way God, God made us. So you have to set, like I said, those intentions. And so then you set boundaries mm-hmm, of how boundaries are things or um, things that make you feel safe. Okay. So in a relationship that make you feel satisfied. And when you step outside of these boundaries, then I'm no longer satisfied and I no longer feel safe. So my boundaries are, and I set these with my intentions in the beginning of the relationship, no physical abuse. You put your hands on me, we're done. First time, Period. There's no emotional, no emotional, no uh, mental, no no sexual abuse, no financial abuse, no abuse. That's unhealthy. That's toxic. And the moment I see it, we're done. Okay. And um, my another boundary is we can't go two, three days without talking because now that shows me that you're not even worried about me. And I know you're a man, so you have somebody else occupying your time. Ain't nobody fucking that busy. You know, um, and the saying always goes, you make time for what you want to make time for. So those two or three days, honey, you might as well not even call me no more because you're probably already blocked. Okay, moving along. Um, And like I said, you have to be genuinely supportive. I've met men that we would sit in my studio and listen to a snippet of my podcast, and then they start playing something on their phone. And I stopped the whole thing like, what are you doing? What kind of shit is that? Are we listening to me or are we watching your game now i'm doing both if you don't if you didn't want to listen to my podcast or you know this certain part that i wanted you to hear that we were probably talking about that i was just i thought that was funny i want you to listen and you listen to something else you show me you're not interested interested and the way i plan on this podcast us family the way I, I see us growing i got to have a man behind me that's giving me ideas and shoot me ways different ways to to make this podcast better so those are some boundaries of mine okay um and so let's just go back to okay you say you have a sex addiction ain't nothing wrong with that you know you you have a sexual appetite that needs to be fed but the thing is when you start out that relationship the tent the boundaries with just sex Sex is going to be in the beginning, and sex is how it's going to end. And, you know, apparently she don't have no boundaries because she's fucking you and she has a boyfriend. That means she can't be your ride or die. She can't be your ride or die because, look, she wasn't even loyal to her last nigga. So what makes you think she's going to be loyal to you? Yeah, she helped put you on the bag. Yeah, she loves your sex, but that's that's all it is, baby. So in order for you to find something better than that, you can't think with your dick. You got to take your dick out the equation. I know as hard as it is, you know, you can get some counseling, honey. I mean, there's there's ways around things. Sometimes you got to do something you've never did to get something you've never had. And so it's just like you want somebody to reciprocate. But you had to find somebody willing to and you got to put those intentions and set those boundaries at the beginning of the relationship, baby. So I appreciate you, and I thank you so much for tuning in. And y'all keep those letters coming to the com or the uh, chronicles at gmail.com for all of your 
listening needs, bring them in here so y'all so I can give y'all some juicy, some good advice though. Good advice. Okay, y'all. So this brings us to the end of this episode, you guys. And so I just wanna I wanna just end by saying, you know what, you're worthy. You are worthy. You have love. The the universe loves you. Okay, you you don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to take your life. You don't have to hurt yourself. You don't have to put up with walking on eggshells. You don't have to put up with disrespect. You don't have to put it. I don't care who it is. You don't have to put up with it. You have the freedom to walk away. And you know what? I'm going to end y'all with this, y'all. We're going to bow our heads real quick, y'all. Y'all, bow your heads, Lord. Thank you so much for this podcast. Thank you for every single listener listening. And you said if two or three touch and agree, then you will be here, Lord, where I'm touching and agreeing. You're, you're a Lord that will never fail right now. Right now, Lord, we got a lot of people hurting, Lord, in, in every country that's listening, in every county, Lord, in every state, Lord, every city, Lord, every, everywhere where poverty is, where strife is, Lord. Right now, I lift those people up to you in the name of Jesus. God, right now, Lord. Lord, give them a peace that passes all understanding. Lord, you said in your word that you did not give us a power of a spirit of fear. You gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And Lord, while we're going through this this chilling journey, Lord, just walk with us, God. Walk with us. We know that all days are not going to be good days, but Lord, just as we know that you are here and that you love us and that you hear us and that you accept us, Lord, you honor us. Lord, we honor you. And we thank you for everything, Lord. And I pray that everybody's financial needs are met right now in the name of Jesus. Their emotional needs are met. Anything that's going on in their home, Lord, I pray that everything is met. And anything that is not of you, Lord, we bind it and send it back to the pits of hell where it belongs. And I love y'all in Jesus' name. Amen.